Dave Fanning on 2FM. Now, over the past few decades, we've seen many fictionalised depictions of chefs and kitchens and the like on our screens. But the latest, Disney's The Bear, that is, has been praised by critics and chefs alike. And currently, it has a whopping 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, whatever that means. <laughs> I've seen a few 90s and 80s on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm going, seriously? Anyway, joining me to talk about this series and other successful chef dramas is food writer Ali Dunworth. See the way I said drama? You see, like, not all just straight out and out stupid over-the-top comedies. Anyway, let's just... i tell you what, I'm going to just play this thing here because the bear is what everybody is talking about. I have not seen it. You have, and you're going to tell me about it. Here's 25 seconds of it. Good morning, chefs. I refer to everybody as chef because it's a sign of respect. You're the most excellent chef in the United States. What are you doing here? I want to fix this place. No one's asking you to. Delicious or impressive? Delicious is impressive. Where are you? What do you think? It's redundant and white, just like you. So, Ali Dunworth, food writer, etc. The Bear, it's um, a comedy and a dramedy, is it? Yeah. Well, and a drama and a comedy? A dramedy, they're <laughs> yeah, calling it. Yeah. yeah, so it's a dramedy about a kitchen about a restaurant in Chicago and it stars Jeremy Allen White who we know from Shameless USA and he's Carmi Carmi Carmen Carmi Bizzato in it and he's sort of that tortured um, tattooed chef James Beard award winning what happens is the setup is his brother dies and he moves home to Chicago and takes over the family business the brother left it to him in his will um, and we're sort of thrown straight into it so it is a very there's kind of short episodes quite intense everyone's been talking about it in the food world because it's said to be the best depiction that we've seen on screen of an actual kitchen. Short episodes, unusual enough, maybe 25 minutes or so. That's a good thing for this, is it? Well, it is and it isn't because like the pace is kept up, you know, throughout. Basically, the story follows him and the kitchen team. So he inherits the restaurant, but also the team and the kitchen team are great. I mean, it's brilliant actors. There's everyone in it's really watchable, especially um Carmi in it and then you've got like Tina she's sort of the old kind of prickly cook she's been there for years she doesn't want to change she doesn't want to do anything new you've got his best friend Richie who the dead brother's best friend Richie and he's sort of a hangover from the old style he's the beef's old guard he's really obnoxious and brash and then you have the new chef Sydney who's sort of showed up and wants to work with Carmi because of his fine dining background and Marcus who's the pastry chef we actually don't really get the setup we're sort of thrown straight into it and it reminded me a lot of like I've done worked a lot in kitchens and restaurants and you do show up to a shift and you walk into a kitchen and you're just thrown in and the TV show does that in every episode there's not really a setup and then it's over as quick as it begins which is a little bit like a shift in the kitchen as well so okay, it kind of works in, in this one here there's a lot of deaths there's a rundown kitchen and there's a very unruly staff right? yeah right. yeah yeah there definitely are and the Debt story is brilliant because that brings in um, the Uncle Cicero, who is a really great character. And that's just, there's loads of little backstories to it, but it doesn't go into them too deeply. But the premise is basically Carmi trying to get over the grief. And we think he's maybe going to fix the grief by fixing the kitchen. That was my take on it. But yeah, there's lots going on and very, very quick episodes. And do you have your favourites? Like, tell me about Sydney and Marcus. (laughs) <laughs> Sydney you really like I think she's um, the kind of young enthusiastic chef and she's sort of like the encouragement and support that he needs so when he's trying to implement the changes she 
doesn't always want to go along with it because she sees what a hard time the rest of the kitchen team are giving her. Like they're really, and hazing is sort of something that is happens in kitchens a little bit, but they really are, you know, trying to, like they'll hide her prep, they'll hide her stuff, they'll put things on the wrong shelves, like yeah. they're trying to all mess with her because she is this young girl going in and trying to tell them what to do. Um, and, but she's got really good comic timing, I think, as an actor. So, so did that happen to you and did you have really good comic timing? No. <laughs> I actually had like quite a pleasant experience in kitchens. So I probably did about maybe a couple of years yeah. full time in kitchens. And I think I hit it at the stage where I was working in a kitchen where the chef wanted to move away from that sort of um, toxic culture that had been known. So, but. OK, well, look, I've never seen this. I haven't seen The Bear. Is there season one, season two? How many? This is season one and I think there will be a season two but it will also stand alone I think as its own season happily enough because it's kind of a work of genius I think. All right, okay, fair enough. So why is everybody talking about it because it's a work of genius? Well also it depicts like there's so you know, we become, as you said, we become a bit obsessed with watching and trying to get inside a kitchen. And a lot of the times when I watch chefs on films or TV shows, when you've worked in that world, like it's really cringeworthy. Like there's obviously the kind of chef in a movie that isn't really about food. And that's kind of the hallmark edition where they seem to, you know, be able to have time to go in the morning and walk around the market and sniff the vegetables and pick up the fish and look at it. Like the reality is not like that. The reality is a lot of a chef's work is in an office. It's on a phone ordering. It's managed. It's a lot of HR. And I think this show picks up on that a lot. It's managing people as much as it is managing the food. And that's probably the more difficult bit because Carrie, there's no doubt that he knows how to cook. He's won James Beard Award. He's in the TV show he's kind of said to have worked at like Noma the French Laundry and Eleven Madison and they're all like three Michelin star kitchens so he's done all that he knows how to cook but the struggle is dealing with the people and that seems very real because you hear a lot more chefs speaking about that even more now that HR is a bigger and bigger part of their job Okay so like this is an Italian beef sandwich shop so is there an awful lot of close ups of beef being cut and onions being thrown in and chop 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 and all that kind of stuff There is and there isn't and that's another thing I love about it is it doesn't rely too heavily on the food porn element so like obviously the last while we've had a lot of chef's table and lots of those beautiful slow-mo shots like the Marks and Spencer's ad and lots of dripping and you know everything looks picture perfect like the bear does not do that the bear shows you the dirty kitchen it shows them like cleaning down their stations with a toothbrush like scrub scrub at the end of the shift like that's a big part of the kitchen life which never normally gets shown and the chopping and stuff they show is more frantic than like shown for the beauty of it there is some gorgeous donut and cake action because the pastry chef is gets very intense and the guy the guy who plays the pastry chef like all of the chefs on this show did some training the the guy who created the show his sister was a chef so they had culinary producers and all of them went and worked in kitchens but the pastry chef in particular went and worked with Richard Hart who is a very very well known regarded chef and he would have baked in Noma so he went to Copenhagen and cooked you know baked with him for two weeks so you see that like level of obsession that bakers get as well it captures that really really well Alright so it's a whole family and there's a lot of kind of if you like unruly staff and stuff goes on but it's not the kind of pathetic moron Gordon Ramsay shouting and screaming bad language at people is it? No and that's what I think is really nice about it as well it doesn't rely on that sort of cliched trope of the genius chef and everybody has to fall on his feet like there's no doubt that Carmi is 
a very well regarded chef and has amazing experience but like we see all his flaws we see how he struggles and he doesn't want to be angry and a big part of it is him and Sydney like everyone else is so shouty and so like volatile and they're trying so hard because they're trying to bring in these new systems to be this kind of calm chef. Both of them do lose their temper during it, but you don't get any kind of catharticism from that. You don't feel like finally they kind of said something. You actually feel disappointed in them because you can tell that's not what they want to do. And like the language in it is amazing. Like it's, it nails the restaurant lingo and there's no explanations. So if you are watching it, I wonder as someone who's never worked in a restaurant, like do you even understand some of what's going on? Because there's a lot of shouting like there would be in a kitchen there's no time to stop and explain and be nice they're just constantly shouting if a ticket comes in that takes over and everyone starts working well you then know? eight short enough episodes you could watch that in one sitting couldn't you yes and no <laughs> I feel like I keep on saying yes and no to you about this yes if you don't mind the anxiety but no I think if right. you've worked in that environment everyone I know I spoke to said it made them very anxious and I certainly couldn't I was really looking forward to each episode that I watched but I watched them one by one because it was too much like I watched a few episodes yesterday and a little bit of boiling boiling point in preparation for talking to you and then last night I dreamt about like I was kind of in a competition cooking a steak and when I woke up I hadn't finished the steak and kind of traumatised so it gets right. into your head you never like there's, there's a lot of PTSD in the bear and I think a lot of people who work in kitchens will always react certain ways to certain things Okay you, okay. so that's the bear which I haven't seen and you seem to have been describing for me the whole time there Boiling Point which I have seen which is incredible What did you think? Well I just think at the end of it all you just need to take a breath you need to like, you're so knackered watching this thing it's a one shot movie and it's fantastic it's really good Yeah I mean and it's there's an episode of the bear actually the seventh episode is one shot so it does right. seem to be a thing and it's um, only 20 minutes or even it might only be 18 minutes but it is one shot so I think that sh- shooting something like that really does show how a service works because you practice you rehearse you get everything ready and then it's just go you ca- you, you know you have yeah. to make your mistakes and go with it Well Stephen Graham has this restaurant it's a very busy night it's a one take thing in me Bob and he's just absolutely he's got a lot of problems let's say Yeah and a bit that annoys me about Boiling Point is the fact that they keep on being told it's a really busy restaurant but everybody in it seems to always have time to like stop and have these very elaborate conversations and arguments with each other and they're arguing like in front of customers so some of Boiling Point I thought was really spot on and some of it was really unrealistic like how they move and how they act is brilliant like they've obviously spent time in a kitchen because they have carry their tea towels the right way they walk the right way they stand the right way but the way they kind of carry on in the restaurant is again it just gives you anxiety you're like yeah, clean your station keep moving just because you were in higher class <laughs> restaurants working doesn't mean like, this guy's just doing the best he can he's really up against his old business partner is a total pain in the neck when he comes in with his girlfriend yeah up, but up near, uh, up near the door but also all the things that happen they would happen I suppose where someone comes in that you don't want to a critic yeah. comes in there's yeah. a food allergy there's a problem with the orders like all those things would happen the in restaurants the food allergy thing turns very kind of weird yeah. But they would ve- never happen like that in that amount of time. But I understand that it's a movie, so you have to like... It's not uh, a documentary. Yeah, exactly. But it is, I found Boiling Point not as enjoyable. I kind of watched it and then turned it off and then went back to it and yeah. Well, I would highly recommend Boiling Point. I think it's absolutely fantastic and uh, Stephen Graham is brilliant. Here's a little bit of it. Callie, 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 what are you doing? Callie, no, what are you doing? Callie, he wanted me to throw you under the bus, Callie. What are you talking about? Honestly, God, look, he, t- he told me to let you take the blame for this. That... I can't. Don't carry. It's not my job. I can't take the blame. It's my fault. I'm so sorry. It makes no sense, Andy. It makes no. 
Callie, you don't understand, love. I'm in a Don't tell me I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm here covering your ass every single day, Andy. I can't take it anymore. Oh, my God. That's Stephen Graham from Pirates of the Caribbean and This Is England and Peaky Blinders. He was in, I think, as well for a while. Tinker Taylor, all that stuff. Okay, so that is... Uh, what about Burnt? That's another one I have seen, which is uh, Bradley Cooper. And what did you think of that? I can't remember much about it, to be honest. He was in London, was he? I can't how many vaguely remember. He was like... A chef who made a few mistakes and was disgraced and then wants to redeem you himself. You had Michelin stars, I remember that. Yeah. And didn't, or tried, tried to get them back or something. But he desperately wants to get three Michelin stars. So he heads to London to take on a job there. But before he goes to London, like he has to have his penance. So I think he goes to New Orleans and shucks a million oysters and he has a little notebook and he's ticking them off. So we kind of see that he's going to... Burnt does put the genius tortured chef on a pedestal and kind of for me it okays this sort of toxic culture and the shouting and the abuse and it it doesn't necessarily glamorise it but it sort of puts it on the big screen in a way that doesn't really give you a payoff to say that it's bad it's and even though some of those things might be true they do happen in kitchens like I don't think you need to necessarily show it all the time And do Michelin inspectors leave Forks on floors, no? No. no. I mean, no. I haven't worked in Michelin, um, <laughs> but as far as I know, you do not know that they are in and they don't leave a fork. And what uh, was the yeah. other one? Um, well, in the show, in the movie, it says that they leave a fork so you can see if the staff are going to pick it up and replace it. Yeah. And then there's something else about ordering like half a bottle of wine and various things like that. But as far as I know, the Michelin inspectors do not do no, any tells. So that was a bit I, ridiculous. I say once again, it's a movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it is a good, I did enjoy it. And I have to say the food in that is stunning like the food is beautiful you do want to eat everything in that movie okay well here's a bit of a Bradley Cooper burnt you murdered lamb and there's a ton of lemon zest right yeah and yogurt too yeah gorgeous thank you look Mr Jones I just want to say you've always been a hero of mine we studied your menus and recipes and a hero or a god <laughs> I don't know the difference would you work for me for nothing for nothing for food for meals yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if I was learning those, yeah. would you pay me? <laughs> How much would you pay me to work for me? Would you pay me a hundred pounds a week? Two hundred? Three hundred? Trying to make a point. Resume is great. This land, fantastic. But you lack arrogance. And to be in my kitchen, you have to defend yourself. Okay. Okay, that's Burnt. Um, and we're talking the bear, Burnt and everything else in terms of kitchen dramas with Ali Dunworth. So Ali, just tell us, have you seen the one with John Favreau, the, uh, what do you call it, uh, chef? Chef, yes. Yeah, I haven't. I've seen that many times. Really? That's like a go-to sort of feel-good movie. And I think that, again, it doesn't like depict everything perfectly, but you don't mind because it's so kind of delightful to watch. And it's got like a really amazing cast. It's yeah. got, it's really fun soundtrack. Wait a minute, I have seen, that's the one with the food truck. And yeah. Like, oh, right, sorry. Yeah, Where they're making those yeah. uh, Cuba- Cubanas, yeah. like the yeah. cheese sandwiches the whole time. And yeah, they kind of go on a road trip and Scarlett Johansson is right. the love interest. And yeah, I think it's, it's not really it's more in a food truck it's not really based in you have the beginning story set up where he's a chef who's frustrated and has a fight with a yeah. critic and then you know leaves his job and starts the food truck but it's just a really nice movie to watch I don't think it um, we care about whether it depicts it properly or not oh, well then I'll give you a little bit of it now come on do you want me to do this is it on yeah let's do it, it. Do it guys oh, come on let's get everybody in here 
everything out. I want the cambros. I want the delis out. Let's start plating. Okay. Can you tell me what's going on for tonight? No, 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 no. How many? How many? How many? How many covers? How many? We are overbooked, but I just printed out all the menus. It's not the menu you got printed. It's different. No, that's what I understand. We're going to go tasting menu. Carl, a tasting menu one. tonight for, for Ramsey Michelle. I know, but we have to. He's do coming it. here. Everybody knows about it. Did you see the Eater article? I did. It's all I'm over so the internet. For you. It's great. You know, taste I love the food. it so much when taste, you get like this. I really do. But I just bring in the waitstaff. Have them taste the food. I want them to understand what we're going for. Okay. Okay. We're not pushing specials today. The whole menu is special. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm finally happy. I'm finally happy. That's chef. What about? Are you going to talk about the Paris rat who can cook? I mean, ratatouille. Come on. I know, and we did talk about ratatouille before. <laughs> um, I love ratatouille, and yeah. ratatouille is one of the ones when you are looking at it from a perspective of how real to life is it. It's surprisingly accurate because it is a cartoon of a rat cooking in a kitchen, but they obviously researched it well and kind of the movements and the animation. It's another one that's really nice to watch, yeah. and you genuinely want to eat some of the food in it, even though it's animated. Just a matter of interest, Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, I have never seen it. Is it any good? Um, it depends on what you think good is. So I think that that was just a big part, I suppose, thinking about how things have changed over the last few decades. That was the beginning of us sort of really glamorising that shouty chef kitchen culture, or not even glamorising it, but making it into entertainment. So that at the time it was brilliant and that's all we wanted to watch was those shouty TV chefs and everyone watched it. There was Kitchen Nightmares, The F Word, he did Hell's Kitchen and then like on and on and so many shows came from Ramsey well, shows. I'll give you a little bit of them here, look. That's the sushi pizza. It sure is. It's rice, salmon, crab and mayonnaise. Some cheese. Wow, thank you. Japanese pizza. I think I think they feel really dated when you watch them back now. Oh, really? And there's a lot of people that will kind of uh, reviews of them like on YouTube of, um, you know, chefs looking back on them now and saying how wrong everything Gordon Ramsay or Jamie Oliver did. But when they were on TV, like we took everything they said as gospel, like they kind of invented a new like career path for chefs. Fanny Craddock. Do you remember Fanny yeah. Craddock? Julie and Julia. Yeah. In fact, she died this week. Uh, oh yeah, the, the the younger one who had decided to um, you know, oh I didn't know that yeah over five hundred recipes and she spent the year in New York yeah I think she was Amy Adams in the movie Up Against Meryl Streep and she decided to make all in the one year yeah and I mean I mean the real person died this week anyway um Anthony Bourdain tell me about him well I think Anthony Bourdain was the beginning of all this so I'm sure you know like everyone knows Anthony Bourdain yeah. don't they but he wrote his sort of tell-all sort of I suppose memoir like a look into restaurant kitchens in New York and that was published in 2000. And I think that was the beginning of this whole world where all of a sudden we portrayed chefs as these kind of rock and roll stars. Like he made it sound like it was definitely when I read it, I was obsessed with kitchens and I started working in restaurants at the time and I was working front of house and all I wanted to do was be back of house asking the chefs questions. Who have you worked with? Did you ever work with Anthony Bourdain? Do you know Marco Pierre White? Do you know Gordon Ramsay? And he really was uh, the beginning of, I think, that whole um, genre. Was he kind of cool and why? He was so cool because he even when he depicts it he writes about them like being like a pirate ship so he it's sort of the underbelly world 
world. And now when you look back and read it, you wonder why it was so appealing and was it okay to talk about them like that and glamorise alcohol and drug abuse and mental health issues and everything like that. Like it's definitely, there's a different perspective now and I haven't read Kitchen Confidential again, but I think I'd like to and that. But it was for me the beginning of that whole world that led on to Kitchen Nightmares, that led on to the TV shows we have now, which are, again, showing sort of tortured chefs, but in a much more high-end way, I suppose, or high, or considered highbrow way, like yeah. Chef's Table, where you're sort of still talking about the struggles that chefs had, especially in the earlier seasons. They kind of have to have a bit of a struggle to overcome. And then, you know, the restaurant helps them and there is still that trope that... I have a lot to catch up on, I can tell you, because I haven't seen any of these things. Listen, Ali, thank you so much for dropping in. Food writer Ali Dunworth, it is the bear and all is the big one to watch and I will. I think I'll watch that one, all right. Dave Fanning on 2FM.